Welcome to the IT Career Guy Coaching Show. Helping you launch your new technology career, guiding you as a new leader, or becoming your own boss. Inspiring you to succeed. Welcome everybody to episode 23 of the IT Career Guy. We're going to be discussing resolving team conflict during this podcast. But before we do, I want to let you know how you can reach out to me and ask me any question you need or tell me about your challenges and how you overcame them. You can reach me at itcareerguy.com, go to the contact page, or you can uh, reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter. That is at the IT Career Guy. So now let's talk about team conflict and how to resolve the issues. So first, we have to understand why. The IT department's made up of several groups of different disciplines. As we've discussed before, you've got application development, you've got infrastructure, information security, you have service desk or the support teams, application support, system support. Sometimes these are all combined into just the two main uh, groups known as development and infrastructure. And those are the two teams I'm going to concentrate on today. There are other teams, business development, project management, you name it. There are several, you know, there are many teams, many subgroups of the IT department. But today, let's just focus on development and infrastructure. Why? Because, well, this just seems like that's the classic example of conflict. I've been in several organizations in my career, and that seems to be the two major groups that always have this friction between them. And why? You wonder why. Before you can fix anything, you have to understand why that friction exists. Now, I'm going to talk about development and infrastructure, but you can apply this to any team in any department. So don't just get hung up on infrastructure and development, but that's just something that I believe is just a classic example of team conflict. So why? Why does that exist? And it boils down to a single thing. At least I have boiled it down into a single focus of lack of understanding on both sides, which leads to a lack of trust and a lack of respect. Now, why is that? How does that happen? Well, when you don't understand something, you're not going to trust it by default. That's human nature. Think about any situation where you didn't quite trust going into something new or you just didn't understand what's going on over there, so you stayed away from it and you just skirted around it because it was you didn't. You know, human nature is to kind of avoid the things that they don't understand. They they gravitate to the things that they do understand. You know, it just again it, it's natural when you think about it that way. Now, when you have two different teams that don't understand each other, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be frustration. There's going to be friction between those two teams. Why? Because well, they're doing things in different ways. And each team doesn't understand why. And a lot of times they're in direct opposition to each other, the way that they're doing things. So how do we go about fixing this problem? First, leadership is going to have to take ownership. I mean, that's kind of an obvious statement, right? Leadership takes ownership. Well, that's what leadership does, right? But so many times you see where the leadership is actually the the problem itself, where they are perpetuating the situation by protecting their team, you know, by um, standing up and defending their team, even when they might have the feeling or know that there's some give there that they need to that they need to give in. But instead, they want to. When we use the word pander, it may not be the right term, but it seems fitting here. They pander to their people 
telling them, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. Then they turn around and, and go to the other manager of the other team and say, hey, this is going wrong, my people don't like this, et cetera, et cetera. Then the other manager says, well, hey, you know, my guys are just doing their job. This is what they have to do. And then now you have conflict between the managers, and that definitely spells trouble as it flows down to each team because it will. So leadership must take ownership of the problem. Leadership must get together, come to terms with each other, strike an agreement, understand the issue, the situation. See, leadership must understand first. If the leadership doesn't understand what the heck's going on or how to approach this, how how do you expect the teams to take ownership, understand what's going on, understand the nature of the situation? And there's not just going to be one thing, by the way, and it's rarely an individual conflict. Now, will you have individuals that are kind of stand out as being the problem? Sure, sure. Some people will stand out because why? Because they're more vocal than the others. They just, they, they're actually part of the solution because they are voicing the problem. They may not be saying the words that you need to hear, but they are voicing frustration. They're voicing maybe anger or dissentment. Leadership must be listening for these things. Understand what's going on at the core and then start taking steps to fix it. So once leadership comes to terms with each other, then they can start working on the teams. So how does leadership come to terms if there's a friction there or a misunderstanding or a disagreement? Well, you must establish a baseline on how the teams are going to operate. This baseline is basically the white lines on the road, you know, from from ditch to ditch, you know, this, these, these are the lines that we have to stay in between. These, these are the guidelines, not even the guidelines. These are the must-haves. We must stay between these lines in order to operate in the organization in the manner that the organization expects you to operate. So there's rules to everything, right? And then there's rules that can be compromised, rules that can be bent, but then there's those rules you just cannot compromise, those, those rules that do not move. So those are the white lines in the road on this path. And where does the path lead? This road leads to the the overall goals of the organization. So everyone's traveling on down to the same destination, set the white lines, set the route, and then communicate that to your people. Both teams, all the teams, make it clear, make it consistent, get everybody together at the same time and communicate the rules of the road. Then establish why. Why are you there? What what is the purpose, the sole purpose for the entire team, the IT department as a whole? You see, part of that misunderstanding of each other and that rub of that causes this friction and this uh, resentment or whatever the case may be between the two teams is that they have two different natures. Okay, you get the development team that lean towards a specific type of personality, and the infrastructure team. Again, people with their own nature, right? their own personalities. When you take a look at the two teams as a whole, you step back and look. They almost have their subcultures about them, right? And they're different. What happens when you have two communities that have their own subcultures, their own cultures, and you try to bring them together? There's going to be conflict, right? That's part of the problem. And as leadership, you must understand this dynamic. There's nothing wrong with it. It's necessary. I speak about it in my lessons of how to get started in IT. You must understand personalities. You must understand your own personality in order to 
pick, you know, what which area of IT might be right for you that where you're going to have the better chance of success. You know, something I coach people through. So really, your personality has a lot to do with which team you fall in within an IT department. Again, this all contributes to this misunderstanding of each other and how friction can occur in IT. So now once you've established this big why, this single purpose for the entire team, the department as a whole, remind everybody on a constant basis that why. You know, why are you here? You are here to support the organization. We are here to achieve the organization's goals. And here's what they are. Here's what your part of this is going to be. And make sure everyone understands that. Now, this will build the understanding amongst the teams of how each side is chartered to achieve these goals. Now, why is it important for one team to understand the other team's charter? We'll start with the infrastructure team. Their charter would be to be something along these lines. And it depends on your organization and, and your uh, appetite for risk. But most infrastructure departments are there to ensure that you have this stable environment, this operating environment or multiple operating environments that are that's stable, redundant, resilient, secure in order to support the company and make sure that, you know, the business isn't being disrupted. Everything's getting backed up. You got firewalls to protect the perimeters, to protect east and west traffic in case there's a, a break, an outbreak of some malware in some parts of the organization. You protect the other half so not the entire organization is affected, which causes roadblocks in this uh, traffic within the network, with inside the network that can get in the way of the development team. Now, why, how is that? Well, the development team, you know, they're there to create solutions for the organization, to solve problems. It means they have to have some freedom to develop, to create these solutions, to, to test and play and all these other things they have to be able to do. You know, I, I call it this dynamic between these two teams is kind of like going to your grandmother's house. The picture, the grandmother being the infrastructure team and the grandkids being the developers. Now, please, this is just metaphorical, right? It has nothing to do with the true personalities, but just stay with me on this one. So you have the grandkids that, that are going to grandmother's house. You know, the parents take them inside. They go in the front door of the house. And they walk into the living room and everything is pristine in, in the house, right? Everything's in its place. Everything's secure in a china cabinet, in a curio cabinet. Everything's up on shelves, knickknacks everywhere, pictures everywhere, memories, everything's safe. And, you know, just everything's in its place and you're not allowed to touch a thing. Don't touch anything in grandma's house. How do you really like operating? How does a kid enjoy that, right? A kid wants to play. A kid wants to get out in the games, make a mess, whatever. They, they want to run around, and the grandmother is over there freaking out. Grandmother's like, no, don't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you don't do that. Does that sound familiar? If you're on a development team right now listening to this, does that sound familiar to you? Is the infrastructure team always telling you, no, you can't do that? When really, you're just trying to do your job. You're trying to be who you are, what you were hired to do. And now you have this team, these people that are in your way. You made promises to customers that you were going to get something done. And then these people within your own department are telling you, no, you must find some other way. So what do you do? You go off on your own, find your own playground in a different room or outside of the house. And you go play out in the street or something in the and now when the infrastructure team finds out that you're 
or when grandma finds out you're out in the road or you're out in some in her garden maybe out uh playing around digging in the dirt now she's freaking out again what are you doing that for that's not safe you're going to contract all kinds of diseases and viruses or whatever you get bitten by snakes your grandma's going to be telling you no you can't do that either well, that's kind of akin to you going out into uh, a cloud service to develop and do your job. However, it's not under the control of information security who's been chartered to protect the company information. And there you go. As the developer, you're putting stuff outside of the environment that the infrastructure is supposed to be controlling. So now you have the, all this frustration and conflict between the two, the grandmother and the grandkids, the infrastructure team and the and the development team it's a natural conflict actually because both teams are just trying to do their job what's the solution here in this case in grandmother's house grandmother really needs to give the grandkids a place to play they need to have this sandbox they can go to and where they can do what they need to do in order to get out their creativity to solve these problems to play that's what the sandbox is for so if the two teams got together and discussed, hey, we understand that you're having problems of doing your job. We understand you need a place to do your job. What all resources do you need in order to do what you need to do to get your job done, to complete these projects, you know, to service the customer? Build this sandbox, everything that they need in order to, to develop and create and solve problems. And guess what? The infrastructure team can take advantage of that same environment to do all the testing and playing around themselves so they don't be doing it over there on the production side disrupting the business. So that's just an example of how the two teams can come together, work through the problems, and build some cohesiveness, some understanding of each other. So leaders, identify where your teams are frustrated with each other, where they don't understand each other, where there's conflict. Address it. Get it out in the open. Now, there's another way that you can help resolve this problem, and I like this a lot. It can't be done wholesale, you know, with two big major teams. You have to break things down into smaller teams. But another analogy, anybody watched Brotherhood of War? You know, how tight-knit those guys are, you know, as they're going through this war, they are just, you know, they are got each other's back, right? They are, they love each other. And why is that? Why do they, they just, they'll die for each other. Why? You've got two guys. Picture this. Imagine this. You have two guys who don't know each other. They come from different backgrounds, different cultures again, right? Different parts of the United States. One's from New York City. The other one's from Kansas. And now you're putting them together in basic training. They don't know each other. One's got long hair. The other one's got short hair. One guy talks with a funny accent. The other one doesn't have an accent. One can tell what north, south, east, and west is. The other one can't. Those two individuals, they don't really like each other. They don't understand each other when they first meet up in basic training. Now, as soon as they get off the bus with their bags on their shoulders, there's this guy in front of them yelling at them. Drop your bag. Pick up your bag. Drop your bag. Pick up your bag. Empty your bag. You know, just yelling at you and challenging you, treating you both the same way, expecting the same thing out of both of you. The, the two guys, one from New York City and the other one from Kansas, will naturally cling to each other. Why? Because now they have an enemy in front of them. They've got a common 
obstacle, something common, in common with each other now. They got this enemy, this drill sergeant that's yelling at them, that's expecting them to do all these ridiculous things. They realize naturally they've got to team up in order to be able to deal with this enemy. And they go through this basic training together. And they, they, they start building this bond because really it's like a, it's a representation of battle as they're sticking together in order to solve these problems and get through basic training and, and conquer this drill sergeant who's just in their business night and day in their way, frustrating the heck out of them. You know, it's bringing them, bringing them together, teaching them how to work as a team. That's what basic training is all about, about breaking you down from your individualism and putting you together to act as a team. Now, do you lose, you know, that important aspect of your individualism? No, no, you don't. You still maintain who you are, but it's the way the military does it in order to bring people together and work as a team, get everybody functioning as a team, building that respect and trust amongst each other by having a common goal, by having this, the same challenge in front of them that they must conquer. And then they, they leave basic training and they go off to war. The mission is very clear. Go conquer the enemy. They have to dig foxholes together. They, they are shot at together. They're going to die if they don't work together right out there in this battle. As they're, and they really build this brotherhood, this cohesive team that cannot be broken, period. It's so strong. And even death won't, won't tear them apart. You see the vets these days who still talk about their brothers from the war. That bond is so strong through battle created by battle and these common challenges, it cannot be broken. Now, that's how you build a team in any organization, not just war or in the military, but any team, any department, any organization. You put them together in work groups. You give them a goal. You give them guidelines, a charter to accomplish, and let them figure it out together. That's going to build understanding, trust, and respect between the teams. If there are conflicts, and there will be disagreements, you as a leader must solve them. Make sure that they understand that right up. Hey, if you guys have an irreconcilable uh, situation going on, get me involved, let me know, and I'll help resolve that problem. Don't just walk away from them and, and let them kill each other in a room, right? You've got to be there to make sure that they're, are, that they're working together in a positive way to solve the problem, but don't get into their business at the level where they need to come up with a solution. So here's a case in point. Information security is a great place to start. So on one team, you have the security-minded people. On uh, And forgive me for those developers out there that have a strong sense of security. There's, I, I know you do. I know a lot of you do, but still, you, don't, you may not take it to the level that the infosec, infosec people do. And you don't understand why InfoSec is keeping you from doing all these things that you need to be able to do that would just make your job so much easier. You get so much more done. We take a, rep- a representative from each of the teams, the leaders of each of the teams, and each every team, sub-team, has that leader, right? It doesn't have to be a manager, but that senior person of each team. So you have to take the senior developer and the senior InfoSec person, put them together, give them a mission, right? Come up with standards, a standard way of developing new solutions or a standard way to protect specific applications or databases or whatever the case may be. Put them together on these projects or these missions together. Let them work it out. Let them document them. 
Let them come to that middle ground that's acceptable to both teams and make it law. Let them communicate it to the team, to the rest of the teams. You know, it's just a, a great way to build a cohesive team. You'll build that brotherhood amongst your department, and you will build the strongest team in the organization. I'm going to wrap it up right there. Leaders, you must identify where there is friction within your department. It's going to happen. You've got people, you have sub-teams that have different modes of operation, different personalities. They're working together all the time. They will naturally build these little cliques with each other, and they'll see the other team as their opposition if you don't get everybody working together, understanding one another. Help build that trust and respect, and you will have a team that is unbeatable and unbreakable. So if you have any questions or if you like what I've been talking about or if you have a problem with what I'm saying, let me know. I'm all ears. I want to hear from you. Again, that's uh, go out to my website at itcareerguy.com or reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter at the ITCareerGuy. So until next time, live life with a purpose.